Baylor plays football again this week, and I just want you guys to know, we are all in this together. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for joining Locked On Baylor and making it your first listen today and every day. I'm your host, Cam Stewart, and today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. And they're specialized in football. We're talking about football once again. I do have a basketball topic that I'm going to breach at the end of this. You know, you guys know I can't help myself. And there's probably going to be another basketball show this week. But the Bears do play football again. Coming off the bye week, that was honestly my most refreshing Saturday of the year. I don't know about you guys. Definitely was for me. And like I mentioned in yesterday's show, moved up two spots in the 10-12 rankings and a lot of the you know unofficial power rankings I've seen in the in the Big 12. Baylor has gone up after not playing, being idle, playing idle this past weekend. But this week they play one of the new four, which is a good sign because all four of the new four stink, and so does Baylor. But they go up to the Queen City. By the way, do, do you guys call it the Queen City? I always knew Charlotte as the Queen City. It's literally named after a queen. I, I don't know. I just had never heard that for Cincinnati. So that's a new one to me. And I think Charlotte's soccer team is Queen City FC. Anyway, back to it. First trip up to Cincinnati for a regular season game. And these are two bad football teams going at it. Bad teams. And we're going to break down a little bit more of... Just why these teams are bad, how these teams are bad, more like it. Uh, but I was glued into the Dave Aranda press conference today. I, I'm usually intrigued by it, but this week I was really interested to hear about him finally getting asked about the Mac Rhodes comments last week about Mac saying, Yeah, I talked to Dave. I told him exactly what we needed to fix. Um, and that was a little surprising to us. And I did a whole episode on it. I'm still a little surprised by it. Um, as a fan, we probably shouldn't. But just knowing the way these programs work and, and kind of what gets out, I was very surprised we heard about it. Anyway, here is Dave's answer about it from Monday's press conference talking about Mac breaking down what the offense should be to his head coach. Dave, Mac Rose mentioned that he talks with you a lot, which is, I guess, normal for an AD and a football or any coach. Yeah. But he also mentioned kind of just hit being the eyes and the ears of what he sees. How much do you talk football with him? A fair amount, yeah. And so I, um, I appreciate the question. And, you know, it's whenever I talk with Mac, I think there is an, an unfiltered truth and there is a um, – um, there is a sincerity and uh, you know compassion with everything, and so I take it uh, very serious, and and um, we try to apply whatever comes out of those conversations. And so I think it's, I think sometimes when you're so locked into what you're doing, and um, you know it's good to be able to have the view, um, to have another view, another perspective, and so I count on Mac for that. Yeah, not much to it, if you can believe that. Who's surprised? Not me. Not me. Um, I can't really criticize too much because I was not there. I do the Drake Toll Show at noon, so I can't go to his press conferences at 11.30. But I just expected a follow-up there. I expected a follow-up. I know it's awkward because you're with all of Baylor's athletic communications staff, but 
you know, Dade never even really says, oh yeah, you know, we talk every week or yeah, that's kind of standard procedure or anything like that. So I think there's a natural follow-up of, of something like, well, Dave, did, did, is that something you expected or um, were those, were those productive meetings? I know you say they're honest and they're candid, but are they productive? Um, what are the changes that he's looking for? Or how do you guys manifest that? What, what, how do, are you looking at personnel and practice now coming off a of bye week? You know, what, what are all these things that you and Mac are talking about? And, and is this, are we going to see a change this weekend? I know he's not going to give away a game plan or anything like that, but is this a personnel uh, move? Is this a scheme move? Is this just tapping into something that's been working lately that we weren't tapping into enough? Nothing like that. And, you know, you get kind of the the standard Dave answer that this was um, honest and candid and just a giant nothing burger. I mean, truly. And again, I mean, that's what you can expect. I don't know why you'd expect anything different. I don't know why I expected anything different, but they've done a good job of having this go away. And like I said on the show last week, I mean, it's not uncommon for an AD to talk to a coach and do kind of a status check. Not uncommon at all. But when the AD is offering up that he is going into the coach's office and telling him how his offense needs to be tweaked when you have a veteran offensive coordinator who has been at Baylor for a few years, had success at Baylor, uh, but has had success everywhere he's gone. It's, it's a it's a little bit alarming to me anyway. Um, but uh, looking at what they were doing in the bye week, uh, this is kind of an... Actually, I'll save that one for this. I'll save that one for the second segment because there's an interesting answer in there, but it goes about two minutes. But uh, one thing that I did, speaking of the offense, find interesting was what Dave talked about in terms of the running game as it's still the worst in the Big 12 and how he plans to combat that. Appreciate that. Yeah, we talked throughout the um, the buy about throwing it in order to run it. And so I think that's a big that's a big emphasis for us. And that's something that has to change from the beginning of the year of trying to run it and run it again and then not be successful and then throw it at the end of the down, you know, on third down. So to throw it and try to be creative to get those four yards to stay on track and to stay on schedule and so that it's not run, run, pass, but it's, um, you know, it's a bubble screen here. It's a uh, access throw there. And um, I think that's something that, that we're way paying attention to and involved in right now. Yeah, so interesting because offensive line's terrible. Um, they have the most sacks allowed of, of anybody in the Big 12, and they have just been brutal both in the pass protection and in the run game. That's why Baylor is the worst rushing team in the conference. Um, I have been expecting some sort of answer like this for a long time. Of There just hasn't been any plays or many plays, I should say, that have schemed around a bad offensive line. You know, screens or two tight end stats or uh, kind of those those bubble plays, which he did talk about there. So it's just interesting that that took half the season. Um, the offensive line's been bad all year. They have recovered well from their eight pre-snap penalties, but it's been bad. And finally, that's what they are looking to do. Um, but looking into the next segment, this is going to be a tough battle with where Baylor is statistically. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Talent Solutions. Now, these days, 
every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes business for your business. And I have got so much going on here in the fall. I've got Locked on Bay, where Drake Toll Show got another full time job, China Spring, Dave Campbell's Texas football. I've got so much that I'm like, man, I need an intern. I need someone to help me out with this. And the first thing I thought of was LinkedIn jobs and LinkedIn talent solutions. Okay. Cause it's so easy, man. It's so easy. You just add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And it's got simple tools like screening questions, things like that. Make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you prioritize that. You're not wasting your time. It's so easy. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Again, LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to. They do it fast. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions, of course, as always, do apply. So I kind of teased to it in this segment here, but uh, one of the the only other one that I'm going to highlight today from Dave. I don't I don't want to parse through all of his answers, and there are some that are going to come up in the, in the topics later this week. But uh, I just thought the offense stuff is interesting after the turmoil that we kind of had last week, um, and and how key it was for Baylor to not play Saturday just because of that. Um, I think there were a lot of people in the Baylor fan base that were upset, but maybe not surprised. And I think mostly just shocked that this is how it came out. It just wasn't a great look um, that the AD is in the coach's office telling him what to do for better or for worse. Cause I think a lot of us fans are thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm glad someone's telling him to change something, but it just wasn't a great look overall. It was just kind of like, what are, what are we doing here? Um, and you heard Dave just kind of poo poo it. And that's kind of, down by the wayside, you know, we're a week out from it, a week out from it and they've got a game this week. So maybe that resurfaces if it's another um, bad performance. But talking about the the run game, it's it's terrible. And Dave got asked about that um, and also what they did in the bye week. And I don't know that this is as interesting as the other answers, but there is something in here that that I want to uh, that I want to bring up. Yeah, I think the number one thing was execution. Um, I think, and, and then doing um, doing what we need to do ex- execution wise in a violent matter, right? And taking again, and I know this is a repeated thing, but taking again what we've done in practice and then applying it into the game, and especially when it matters most. And so I think um, those, you know, the execution, the edge that's needed. They'll play the game the way it needs to be played. When it matters most is the focus. And uh, like I said, we got a great opportunity this Saturday to do that. Did you make any type of protocol or staff changes at all during the off week? No. No. I think, um, you know, throughout the, throughout the week, there was a lot of self-study. Uh, and so we had our defense break down and look at the offense and vice versa. And so there's... Um, you know, they had the majority of the week to do that. That was all kind of um, uh, delivered and deciphered on Thursday, and I thought there's a lot of learnings in that, and we're really leaning and uh, leaning into that. So I I know you guys are most of you guys are feeling the same way, but I just can't anymore with the talk about practice. I feel like Allen Iverson 
that's great that these guys are practicing hard, Dave, but it's just not translating into Saturdays. And he acknowledges that there, that, you know, you guys probably don't want to hear this anymore, but it's just about taking those things in practice. I would pay Baylor Plus any amount of money, any amount of money to just see these guys practice. I, I, not even from an X's and O's standpoint, I, I just want to see the best Baylor football I can. And clearly that's where it's being played. I want to see the explosive offenses. I want to see the turnovers. I want to see what Dave is bragging about every week on the practice field because it's lost to me. It's lost to you. It's lost to all the neutrals that are watching. We don't see it. And he's been candid about that. I'll give him credit there, but we just keep hearing about it and I want to see it so bad. And the other thing that, that kind of struck me in there was self-study. <laughs> I would love to be a fly on the wall in that room where the Bayward defense is watching the Bayward offenses tape and vice versa, because it's not like one unit's much better than the other. Both of them are at the bottom of the big 12. They're really bad in both. And you saw it in two of the last three games. Um, just how inept those, those units can be when they're both firing on no cylinders. So I'm like, why are we self-studying this? I mean, you do it a little bit. You look at the mistakes, but it's the same mistakes every game for half the season. So that's a benefit is you probably don't need to self-study that much at this point because you know what went wrong, right? You're not fixing it yet, but you know what went wrong. Uh, I just wonder if the coaching staff is showing you know, the offense, here's how you shouldn't be defending against the run or, or vice versa. You know, here's how you don't pass block to the defensive ends because you're watching arguably the worst team in the big 12, especially after what Houston was able to pull off on, on, uh, was it Friday night, Thursday night, Thursday night. Um, that now the, the team that was once comfortably worst in the conference is now not so comfortable because you look at the stats and offensive efficiency, they go 13 out of 14 defensive efficiency or 14th out of 14 in the big 12 conference last in points per game and barely second to last in points allowed per game. Houston's at 31.3. Baylor's at 30.2. So by the hair on their chinny chin chin, they are 13th in points per game allowed. And where they're going to get killed, because again, 13th in the conference, thank God for UCF, 13th in the conference in rush defense. Cincinnati's fourth in rushing offense. You just got taken to the woodshed by a team that I think was second with the top rusher in the conference in Texas Tech. And it's just not a big drop-off from Texas Tech to Cincinnati. And the way they run the football, how often they run the football, it's essentially the same kind of rushing attack with a more mobile quarterback. I probably overlooked it a little too much in the build-up to the Texas Tech game. I just thought Baylor would kind of figure something out to keep them in striking distance, and they did not. They just got ran over all night. Ironically, or coincidentally enough, the only time Baylor looked good on defense against Texas Tech was the middle eight. 
which is the one that Joey McGuire hammers home because Matt Rule hammered home those last four minutes of the first half and the first four minutes of the second half was when Baylor really kind of had a chance to get back into the game defensively because the offense never picked it up and they had some drives that stalled out. But that's where it looked promising in terms of, gosh, they're just one play away because we're holding them in the middle eight. And then it did fell apart. The wheels came off and then Baylor's looking at another loss. But even just looking over these stats, and I'll get into more of them just after this thought, but I look and I just think Cincinnati is not near the top at a lot of these stats. But they're also not at the bottom. They're not at the bottom. In every stat I look at, Baylor's in the bottom three. I always see Baylor at the bottom of these lists. And I'm thinking, okay, well... You know, Cincinnati is nothing to write home about, really, this season in, in football. There are no world beaters, but <laughs> they're not as bad as us. They're not last in all these in all these categories. I mean, they are worse. They're the worst red zone defense in the conference, Cincinnati. There you go. They were sixth in red zone offense. So pff, not that bad. Um, and the other one that Cincinnati comes in last in. This one surprised me quite a bit, quite a bit, because I think it's one that I've had a reputation, or Baylor has made a reputation, at least in my eyes, since game one, and it's really turned around that I have to give them some credit for it. Cincinnati is last in the conference in penalties per game. Like, the, they, get, they get the most. Baylor, your Baylor Bears, are first they had eight pre-snap penalties in week one. And they have rallied back to be top of the conference in least penalties. That's awesome. It's something. It's something. They were, up until Saturday, had the most um, the most two-point conversions in the nation. Oregon beat that, by the way. So we don't have that anymore. But least penalized team in the Big 12. And they're number two and three in time of possession, which I think tells one and a half different stories. Um, Baylor is because the other teams are scoring quick against them and they just have the ball a lot. Um, Cincinnati does get scored on a bit, not as much as Baylor, um, but also run the ball better. So that's just a brief overview of where these teams rank in in the Big 12. Again, Cincinnati, for every purpose, basically, is, is in the middle of the pack. And Baylor is in the bottom half for almost every single one of them, except penalties. <laughs> Which, I don't know. Maybe I'd rather have an undisciplined team that you can fix, rather than a team that just seems to not be good. I don't know. Take that, take that as you wish, I guess. Anyway, it's, it's one that... Two weeks ago, I would have said, I like Baylor in this game because Cincinnati has struggled, struggle bust this thing too. And they got dominated on Saturday against Iowa State, who all of a sudden, Iowa State is a dark horse in this conference. That's your homecoming game. That could be another embarrassment on the home field. Iowa State just throttled them in all phases of the game. The scoreboard didn't even tell the story. I mean, just... Cincinnati was not in that game at all. It was at home. Anyway, speaking of that, hopefully Baylor is a better 
road team, once again, like they showed against UCF, than they are a home team because that needs to be picked up. And it is going to take all that and a little bit of miracle and magic to get to a bowl season. But after this, we're going to take a break from football just for a little bit. It'll be back tomorrow. But basketball, I've got a little bit of gripe with the rest of the nation. Today's episode is also brought to you by Prize Picks. That is the number one daily fantasy sports platform in North America. And it's independently owned too, which I really like. Uh, you could pick more or less than two to six players and watch the winnings roll in. It's perfect for your football weekends, okay? It's it's the most fun I've ever had, um, wagering money, because they make it easy for me. And I get quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and such a big selection of players and stat types. That's what makes this number one in the Daily Fantasy Sports app. And I, I can make it foolproof, and I'm still winning money. And what's great is they offer weekly promotions that can lead to those big payouts, like Taco Tuesday. Oh, Cameron, that's today. You got it. Each Tuesday, prize pick discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. And with the reboot policy that prize picks has, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Okay, so for NFL games and college football, those top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the game on the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. And prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with that kind of injury insurance. So you must go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use the code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use the code locked on college to get that first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, the number one daily fantasy sports game in the U.S. Rankings came out yesterday, today as I'm recording it. Sorry to break that to you guys. I don't record it at 6 in the morning. And Baylor comes in in the AP poll at number 20 in the nation. First off, yes, I understand. I am very blessed, very blessed to be able to complain about this, even with some of the years that I had in, in college where we're just happy to be ranked. But 20th, the fourth ranked team in the Big 12? Big 12's good. Big 12's loaded. Kansas is number one. Sure. I have no argument with that. Houston's in the top 10. Okay, fine. Baylor needs to be in that top 10. And I'm going to talk a little bit about it more on the show tomorrow unless something breaks or I get a really good guest or something. Um, so don't get married to that idea. But 20 just seems so low to me. I see this team as a top 10 team. You got two of the three best guards in the transfer portal, in my opinion, you didn't get Grant Nelson, the North Dakota State kid who ended up at uh, Alabama, right? Alabama, Arkansas, Alabama. Um, that kid is a bucket. But you got two really good two-way guards um, in Ray J. Dennis and Jade Nunn. Um, you brought in a five-star guard in Jacoby Walter. Uh, you bring in another five-star at center, a crafty four-star guy in Miro Little. Um, you bring back the guy who was your best player, down the stretch, like the last month of last season, Jalen Bridges, you bring him back. And you've got Eve Misi as basically your backup center. You you can, I mean, I think this rotation can run 10 guys. You know, with, with D'Antoine and, and um, I almost said Dale Bonner, Langston Love, Caleb Lohner, Eve Misi. 
This team's deep, man. Amira Little coming off the bench. This team is deep. And I just don't I don't see them as a as a 20th ranked team. Now, of course, the ultimate goal is get out of the first weekend. That's what we need to do first. But 20 is just disrespectful to me. And I fully expect Baylor to prove some people wrong. Winning this conference is going to be really tough, as it always is. It's the best conference in America. And I do think Kansas is better with Hunter Dickinson. I I don't know enough about Houston to say they're better. Best player I know on their team used to play for us, LJ Cryer. Um, and, and of course, there's question marks for these Baylor guys, these new guys coming in. But it, it just feels a more positive question marks, if that makes sense. It was question marks going into last season, but they were a top 10 team. And I think I'm a little bit more sure about this team than I was about last year. Maybe I'm just drinking the Kool-Aid, but 20 seems disrespectful to me. We're going to talk a little bit more about it tomorrow. Thank you so much for making it your first listen today and every day. Thank you so much to our sponsors for today's episode. And we're going to be back tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Baylor.